This is Steve Sherlock with another Franklin Matters radio show. This session of the radio show shares the Franklin Public Schools Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, or DEI, Deep Dive Workshop, held at the Franklin Public Library on Saturday, November 19, 2022. Superintendent Lucas Jiguer and DEI Director Heidi Harris co-lead the session. Approximately 30 people were in the room to participate. Much of the workshop was a review of the efforts to date, sharing definitions for diversity, equity, and inclusion, the findings of the equity audit, and understanding the drive to develop a sense of belonging. The equity audit was referred to multiple times as one slice of the pie in gathering info to develop the equity action plan to meet the needs of all the learners. Other sessions like this one will be scheduled to provide an opportunity for the community to explore DEI and work towards the plan development. Given this was a working session, the whole group sections of the meeting audio is what is shared here. There are breaks in the audio when the participants were directed to find another person they did not know to introduce themselves. The participants found another person they did not know to, ex- to discuss an instance of belonging and then of feeling left out. And then finally, the table discussion to review the sticky notes written by the members providing feedback. The breaks are indicated by a few seconds of music. Then the group discussion resumes. The edited meeting audio recording runs about 70 minutes. So let's listen to the DEI Deep Dive Workshop. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, people will still probably roll in, but we're after 10, so we want to get started. Um, just to do a, a welcome and some introductions, my name is Lucas Pierre, I'm Superintendent of Schools. Thank you for being here this morning and engaging in a follow-up conversation and a continued conversation with the community around um, our work around diversity, equity, inclusion, and uh, really the, the sense of belonging we want to, to create in our schools um, for all of our students and our families. So um, I'm going to introduce a few people just so you know who's in the room. I'll start with Ms. Heidi Harris, who is our Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. We also have Lily Rivera, who is the Town and School Marketing and Communication Specialist, um, works with, with both sides of the house. And uh, Mrs. Morano is here as well, who's helping facilitate in the back. And then we have some school community members present today. We have Denise Spencer, our chair. We have Al Charles here as well, who is one of our members. And um, everyone else, I just want to welcome you all. So um, with that, just go through the agenda today. We'll do some brief introductions so that we can kind of get a sense of who's in the room. And then we'll go over some meeting agreements. We'll discuss the idea of belonging identity. What does that mean? What do we mean when we say that um, in Franklin? and then um, unpack some of the findings and recommendations from the equity audit and create an opportunity to receive some community input on, on some of those pieces that we shared from the October 25th meeting, and then engage in some whole group activities with a report out, and then we'll do some closing pieces as well, okay? All right. So, first off, Heidi, do you want to take this part? Yes, and again, thank you all for coming. I know it's Saturday morning and it's cold, um, and you could be doing a lot of different things, but we wanted to try to have um, one of the sessions, just as a tester on a Saturday, just to be mindful of people that might have full weeks with your kids' schedule, with your work week, and what have you. So this is not the only format that we're gonna do this. We'll do a virtual platform as well, um, but we just wanted to just you know hold space so that everybody, we can try to get as many folks in as possible. So we are going to do um, this activity, and our purpose here today is to be interactive. 
Okay, so this is what we do <laughs> in the district and in the schools, um, and we need to kind of model that um, as we kind of go through our work today. Um, I know, who is it? You're recording, um, and I'm going to share something that I'm not really, I haven't always shared publicly, um, but I'm going to do it so that you can kind of uh, get a sense of what we're trying to do here today. Um, by tables, we're going to have this discussion. My name is, I am from, and you can say wherever, you can give your street address, you can tell where you were born, I don't know, where your grandmother's from, wherever. Okay, that's up to you. One thing that's important about me that you wouldn't know by looking at me. And the fourth question is, that's important because, so like I said, I'll model this. My name is Heidi Harris. I am from New York. Um, one thing that's important to me that you wouldn't know by looking at me is that I'm a mother that um, has had profound struggles with my child who has had, um, who struggled with invisible disabilities. It was very painful sitting on all sides of the table. There were times that I didn't feel like I could trust the school or the district. Um, there were times that I felt like a bad human being because I couldn't really advocate for my child. So um, that's a strong part of my identity. That's what I kind of bring into my workspace, my personal relationships, what have you. You don't have to share whatever, <laughs> you know, anything that's too personal. Um, you know, you should not. But I'm just sharing that with you to just kind of model the activity. So we're going to take about 10 minutes, um, and we'd like everybody to kind of engage in that dialogue around the table. Can I add just a piece? Sure. The purpose of this is to interact. So what we'd ask you to do is actually stand up, find someone not at your table, oh, and engage okay. in that discussion. Okay? <laughs> so just pick, uh, you can just go across the you don't know. Someone you don't know. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Um, I hope that made everybody feel like it was warmer. <laughs> um, is there anything anybody would like to share about somebody you met or about yourself in terms of answering this question? Any learning about somebody you're sitting next to or and that you're about to engage in some work with? <laughs> I, I have one. I have one. Okay, one. Oh, no, wait. You got a nice handshake, but wait a minute. All right. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> one thing that struck me in the conversation is that literally one can say anything because there's nothing that I could know about another person just by looking at them. So it was sort of liberating to say whatever you're going to share is fair game because there's nothing I can necessarily know just by looking at you. Oh yeah, so Astrid, I met Astrid, she, uh, I thought one cool thing was um, we started talking about a lot of stuff. She studied archaeology in Oxford, oh. and uh, she hasn't found any dead bodies in that <laughs> Okay, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Depending on perspective. She might want to find one, so I don't know. You know, anybody else? Our friends in the back that just came in last? Sorry, I don't mean to, like, you know, out that table, but you guys aren't here for the beginning, so I don't know if you wanted to share anything. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I met Lucas, who is the superintendent of Franklin Schools. And it's interesting because we're both very big in family. We talked about um, when he was growing up living near his grandmother. Um, and, you know, 
that being a big part of his life. And um, I currently live in a three-family. Um, my mom is on the first floor, we're on the second floor, my sister's on the third. So all our all our family functions happen in that hub. So um, I appreciate the. Anybody else? Disabled? Well, I found someone else who was cynical like me. Oh, so, I guess it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's all about perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, we're good. All right. Um, Mr. Jagir, do you want to share anything about the person you spoke with? I, I met uh, Alisa. Oh, that's right. Shared, okay. So we, we share that family connection. Okay, so. and I met someone who is an introvert. Um, she said that this was important to her because she's an artist and just looking at her, you can't tell her cultural background that she's a Latina. And so she has an interest in just, you know, having more dialogue just because of her kids being in the school and, you know, may not, it may not be obvious about their ethnic background. I agree with you. I like doing this and I only start with this because you're right, you can't tell you know, we're all icebergs, and you can't tell what people are bringing in. There are some things that are, for some people, that are above the waterline, and that's great, but there's a lot of things below the waterline. And I think the point for me um, is that, you know, you have to respect the entire structure, um, whether it's a political perspective, whether it's, you know, family style, whatever. Just being respectful of every human being that walks in, that you interact with, and this is the same um, belief that we have for schools. Each kid should feel respected with all of who they are. Um, walking into a classroom, in a bathroom, in a gym, on a bus, what have you. Okay? All right, next slide. So we're just going to go through some meeting agreements. Again, just to kind of give you um, more clarity in terms of how we want to structure our conversation today. We just ask that everybody stay engaged even if it seems boring or silly or irrelevant, whatever, just try to stay engaged um, and be respectful. Um, it's all right to experience discomfort. We're not here to fix anybody. We're not here to tell you how to live, what to say in your kitchen. It's not about that, all right? So we're not trying to fix anybody. <laughs> we, this is a collective learning experience. Um, we're asking that you just try to look for new learning or just at the very least be interested. Um, this, we're gonna focus as we kind of dig into um, the findings and the recommendations of the audit. We just want you to be mindful of how we talk about that. We're trying to solve problems. We're not trying to attack individuals, okay? Um, and it's okay not to understand what's discussed or agree with it. And most importantly, because we are human beings, we have to accept and expect non-closure. It is fine if we all walk out of here, you know, um, you know, not feeling any particular way, not really moved by the work, that's fine, that's fine. And it's okay if you are um, someone that has had new thinking by being a part of the diet, all right? But the point is, we are humans, and things are not wrapped up by 5 p.m. Okay? So our goals for the day, which I just kind of <laughs> went over, uh, is to come together as a community. Um, we don't want to assume that, you know, the Franklin community is monolithic. We don't want to assume parents' perspectives are all the same. Um, so we're trying to come together um, with all of who we are, discuss the findings and the recommendations,
and then get your perspectives um, and any feedback you want to offer as we build an equity action plan moving forward. What would you like to see in there? You know, for your kids, for yourself, for your neighbor, what would you like to see? All right? You don't have to agree with everything, but you know. Um, and the purpose here is for all students to feel valued and respected um, about themselves and have the capacity to interact with people that may be different. Again, when you're thinking about that iceberg, they don't know what's under the waterline, okay? Um, so we want kids to have that so that when they leave Franklin, they have the competency to go into any environment, whether they're in another country and they can function well and you know be productive in whatever it is that they're doing, okay? So Lucas, do you want to just sure. kind of take this? This is just a recap. We've uh, shared this during a couple of the school committee meetings. This has gone out before, but basically our uh, initiatives this year are to build out some tiered systems to look at academics, students' behavioral, social, emotional, uh, mental health, and try to build in some ways to, to, to understand that and respond and provide support depending on the students' needs. The second piece was around the curriculum. We're doing a pre-K through 12 literacy assessment to see what are we teaching, how are we teaching, and looking at where kids are at um, with their reading, whether they're an emerging new reader or uh, someone who knows how to read but is accessing information. How are we teaching those skills that kids need um, throughout their life? The uh, third is around the, uh, the academic and the behavioral side of the, the triangle, trying to help support all students. Effective two-way communication. Um, this is one example of a way of trying to engage our community, among others. Um, there's a few initiatives that are happening where we're creating engagement opportunities. And third is around the diversity, equity, inclusion, and looking at, um, as we talked about, the equity action plan. So, um, And just to clarify, we conducted an audit in the spring. If people, I don't want to assume everybody is aware, that provided some information that was shared this fall. Uh, we take that as, um, information that we need to kind of dig deeper on and kind of understand more holistically so that we can be informed about what are our next steps. So I would point that out and just let people know that's the direction where we're moving. Okay, and so this is the definition by Common Sense Education about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I'll give you a minute to read it, but I just want to just kind of draw your attention to, draw your attention to this little um, graphic here. This seems to be kind of an emerging um, understanding and recommendation from the state for all schools to kind of really push to have a sense of belonging, to really push to have responsive family engagement, not parent involvement, but family engagement, all of who the kids are. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, I mean, speak Arabic to someone when they come in the door, if that's their, their native language. It just means you know the kids and you know their family so that you can best serve them so that they are successful in their academic pursuits, okay? So they see it as, in order to get belonging, we must have a sense of inclusion where everybody is brought into the conversation and asked to be a part of the problem solving, which is what we're doing today. You have to have a diversity of thought, opinion, whatever. You have to have an equity mindset, and you need those three things in order to get a sense of belonging. Okay, so that's the guidance and understanding. 
the next definition, the next slide is our definitions um, for the district. And you can find this on the website, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, you may find it on your individual school websites. I don't remember offhand. But this was created by the um, diversity, um, diversity Committee. I'm sorry. Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee. Right, committee, right. And that's a committee, and maybe you can talk a little bit about sure. that. They were, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah, so the, uh, a few years ago, the superintendent had put together a group of staff members and students to come together to look at diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the purpose of those uh, initial years was to really look at what do those mean, and let's unpack that and see what this means. I think you did a good job of summarizing the idea of belonging. Right. Um, but these are basically, it's really uh, trying to trying to give our community a sense of what we mean when we say things. You know, when we're silent on definitions, you can fill, you can make your own definition. So we thought, let's just describe what this means to us. So um, I'll start with just diversity, and I won't read it verbatim off the slide. But basically, the idea is around really looking at um, a, a, a person's an individual's uniqueness and um, respecting that, and you know. Um, it, it leads into inclusion, but including that perspective in, in how we operate. And as staff members, we have a moral responsibility to make sure that we are thinking about the kids in front of us and the families in front of us, and how do we take those unique uh, attributes that folks bring to the table and um, affirm that and celebrate that. And then I think we do that through equity, so it talks about opportunities, resources, and supports. Right? Are we creating spaces so that every kid in Franklin can come in and um, receive uh, the equitable support that they need to succeed? And we did some work this year as a district with our grade level, our elementary and our middle schools to have some common goals um, so that if you're at any of the five elementary schools, we're working on the, pre the literacy uh, audit and trying to work through those pieces. Uh, if you're at the middle school, we're working on those tiered systems, right? So we started to create some commonality so that students have a common experience no matter which school they go to within our community. Um, we have some goals around that. And then that means when we set a goal, are our resources set up so that every school has what they need to achieve those, those um, learning goals in a variety of ways. It applies to this work as well. And I think uh, inclusion, um, there's, a, there's an analogy around um, including, um, and it's about a party. And they talk about, are you invited to the party? That's one level. But are you invited to the party, and are you contributing in some way? And then, ultimately, if you have a, a true inclusion model, you're not only invited to the party, but you're part of the planning of it. And how is this party going to look? And what do we need to bring? And what kind of food do we need there? And what, what's the music going to be for that day, the playlist? And where are we hosting it? And I think having people at that table all together to help plan um, would be an analogy I would use today to try to think about what we mean when we say inclusion. It's not enough to just say everyone's invited to the to the party. It's how do we uh, account for all the, all the uniqueness and um, uniqueness of thought and values that people bring to the table. Right, so. and I'll just add to that that uh, we <clears throat> use an analogy um, mm -hmm. in some of our work of a pool party and people receiving an invite to this pool party um, via TikTok. One size fits all, you don't have to bring a bathing suit and drinks are served. And so we had to look at that, take that and think about it from diversity, equity and inclusion, pool party, you know, what about our friends that, you know, may not be able to buy? What about our friends that um, one size bathing suit does not fit all and they may be uncomfortable with that? 
Maybe they don't have technology, so TikTok, maybe they don't, like my mom, well actually my mom knows now how to use TikTok. She just turned 85, yeah. But I'm just saying, if you don't, if you have a parent or a family member that does not have the technology um, background, you know, we, we have to be thoughtful of, of all people. Okay, and this was the equity statement that the uh, DEI committee came up with. I like it. Um, it's an evolving piece of work. It may change at the end of the year. It may change as we continue working through our equity action plan. But what I like is that it speaks about affirming diversity, not tolerating, but really being active and conscious and having that mindset. Um, it talks about promoting equity and accountability. So we're accountable if we have a student that is not able-bodied and they can't access information. I'll go back to my daughter again. Um, when she you know, was struggling with spelling words and somebody that's profoundly dyslexic, that's painful. And you can imagine what that was like being a parent sitting at the table with her trying to go over these spelling words, knowing that she can't remember them. That's just because of the way her brain works. It didn't mean she wasn't um, capable of learning and that she wasn't a good you know, um, student in the classroom, but that didn't speak to her. And until there was, you know, thank God, this sense of, you know, well, are we you know, being accountable? Are we providing the right resources? She was able to get the assistive technology that she needed and feel good about herself and become a good student. All of that impacted her, her, her academic success. The other thing was, to, like we said earlier, it's about fostering a safe and inclusive place for all students, that whole iceberg, no matter what's above the waterline or under the waterline, everybody has the right to feel safe in, in this public space. I like this picture because, I like the pictures because uh, when I think about our why and belonging, all these kids may look the same. You may, might make assumptions about them living in Franklin, but there are stories behind all of these kids that may have the same skin color, that may be in the same grade, that may live in the same neighborhood. But there are stories, they are all icebergs and they need to be respected as, as full icebergs. Can I make a note on sure. our gold medal winning team? Um, we'll have, we have a pep rally at the high school um, for students on Tuesday afternoon, and the USA um, special education team's gonna come and present them with an award for, um, for the gold medal uh, winning. So it just reminded me of that when we saw that picture. And again, this is the way the Massachusetts Association of School Superintendents that we're working with defines belonging, and that's um, also in guidance and uh, with DESI. Belonging, is about creating a culture of welcomeness and it is manifested through relationships, through interactions, through conversations, a myriad of ways, okay? Um, do you want to speak? Yep. I mean, it's pretty I'll, much, I'll, okay. Go ahead. Do you, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I, I thought this was the, the next slide. Not yeah, we can, I, I think we pretty We're, much covered this. So okay. I don't want to waste time on yep. And this is, again, just a visual of our iceberg above the waterline, below the waterline. Okay. So this is, a, this is another Turn and Talk channeler, um, and we're going to ask you to find somebody new you haven't um, engaged with yet today. Um, we want you to think about 
Think about that idea of belonging, what we just, just described. Think about a time where you really felt like you truly belonged. And what did that feel like um, for you? It could have been when you were a kid or an adult. It could be in any space you can think of. But really trying to think about where, where were spaces where you felt like you truly belonged. And then we ask you with the same person to think about when's the time that you didn't feel like you belonged, right? And was it as a result of, of a visible or an invisible um, um, part, of, I, part of you? Of the iceberg. Of the iceberg, thank you, of the iceberg. So um, what we'd ask you to do is uh, stand up, find somebody new, right? Not at your table, find somebody new, and try to and think about all, these. Yeah, but this is all leading us to our work, so just so you know. Okay, does anybody want to share briefly so that we can jump into the next piece of the work? Um, a time where you didn't feel like you belonged, um, or you did, or do you want to share about yourself or someone you spoke with? I'll share. Okay, okay wait, wait, you got someone. I can go. Um, so I was just thinking. Oh, good, and he's nice and loud too. Right? When I was in high school, I was no good at sports. So, okay. Um, but I was really good at Boy Scouts and all that entails, so yeah. I kind of gravitated to that, so that's where I belong, that's where I didn't belong. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody, did you want to? We're just talking about, um, I, I talked with uh, Kevin, and we talked about being a part of, of teams or um, scouts or, or, or whatnot, but we talked about some uh, baseball and football teams that he was a part of and felt like he belonged, and um, that's something that created, I think it's a similar, um, contact a group of people with a common interest that you can you feel supported by so that was um, right an area yeah right I had a similar experience for myself <clears throat> um, in middle school I wanted to be a part of track and the coach said to me I and mean, he was just really um, he had a different style of delivering information to people it was very gruff you know, he yelled at me one day, and he said, you run like a girl. And I thought, oh my God, oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> You know, and so like, what's wrong? Like, you know, I just remember, but I never said anything to anybody. And actually, it took years <laughs> for me to work with that, and actually, just recently, I did my half marathon. Not <laughs> <laughs> from middle school, but anyway, these things stay with us. Okay, anybody else? I'm sorry, I don't mean to make this a therapy session. <laughs> about certain categories of DEI over others, but in socioeconomics is always a big one. Yes. And, and we grew up for various reasons, I grew up for various reasons, really, really, really pretty poor. Yeah. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And I remember becoming, you know, 18, 19, 20, and I would get nannying jobs while I was going to school, paying my way, you know, going to college in Boston. But all the nanny jobs would swing like to the vineyard and to Nantucket. And so I would go babysit in the summers. And I thought, Oh, I don't belong. This is a language I don't speak. Yeah. The experiences of these teenagers, where they've traveled, what they've had access to, yeah. I've never heard of. It was like I now realize that there's a level of world operating that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. And now I'm hanging around it, and I don't belong here. Yeah. So socioeconomics is a big divide. That's very true for our students and our kids that come from all kinds of different backgrounds. And as someone grew up pretty poor, I didn't, it didn't really think of me until I got to spaces where I realized, oh, that's not, that's not my, how my neighborhood friends are, and now here we are 
um, in a space that's unrecognizable to me, so I don't belong here. Yeah, and it can yeah. make you shrink yes. and withdraw. Yes. So, anybody else want to share anything? I'm going to say something. Sure. Um, Elena and I, we talked. I don't think we discussed any specific experiences, but as I hear the conversation here in the room, I think it, the, the, the experience about belonging and not belonging, it's partly up to us when you're in a group session and you feel whether you belong or not, but it's also partly on the rest of the group, let's say, whether you invited to the party or not, whether you consciously left out or not. And, and I think that, that a lot of people in the workplace setting, for example, get that feeling every day, yes, I belong, because I am invited to the party, I'm asked to prepare for the party and plan for it and so on and so forth. And there are others, or those same people on other given days, that get the feeling that I don't belong, but I am being made to feel that I don't belong. And I think that it's that bias that that really we need to try to understand how much of it is conscious and how much is is unconscious. Of course, you should try to give the benefit of the doubt initially and give people the feeling that it's unconscious. But then when it gets repetitive, you have to accept that part of it is conscious as well in some quarters. Right. And, and maybe the DEI uh, effort should be in the, in the direction of thinking about that bias and making each other feel belonging. It doesn't have to be about ethnicity or race or, or where you come from. It could be just about whether I like the same music or not, or it could be about political views as you mentioned, and so on, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, building on that, I, like, I talked about how for me belonging, it wasn't at a place or a time when I did or didn't belong. It was like some of my own work to discover that Belonging is inherent and essential. We always belong because we're alive. But that the world, the work of this work is about affirming that belonging. Because you talk about affirming diversity, and it's also affirming belonging for every single child in the schools, for every member of the community. So that even if you walk into onto a sports team and you're not going to play, but maybe you're going to be the manager, like, you belong. You belong even if you don't have those skills, even if you don't have that interest. But it's like, how do we teach kids that state of mind yeah. to know that? Yeah. Can I get anything on that? Sure. Um, sort of, something that was really important for me, so I'm obviously, I'm a member of the administrative team. Um, I talked in a conversation with Lisa about um, how I was kind of nervous starting this new position as a sort of younger person. I'm like, okay, are people gonna respect me as a professional? Are they going to sort of acknowledge the fact that you know you hire a specialist, like I know what it is to talk about sometimes, but not always, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, they have these sort of moments where they're like, oh let's just bounce these ideas back. Um, and I was talking about how when I was sitting in on these meetings, um, and I I really felt like I was part of the team. I felt like I wasn't um, spoken to in a different way or patronized or anything. And I think a big part of that that I've made um, a point, uh, it's actually something I heard from a conference when I was in college, was about bringing your authentic self. Yes. Um, so I try to make a conscious decision to bring my authentic self to work every day. And I think for the people who see me every day, they know that I do that. Uh, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'll, I'll bring a karaoke mic on a Friday and we'll have a good time, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. 
Um, so I think that just sort of resonated with that comment about how do we feel like we can show up in spaces and about how we're really focusing on making um, our students uh, feel like they can bring their identity selves into the classroom and into yeah. like, all of their different spaces that they occupy. Right, I agree. Do you have your hand? Oh, okay. <laughs> just warm it up. All right, anybody else? Okay, so again, and this is just a visual um, that they use um, for um, the Massachusetts Association of Superintendents, what the different social identities are. And the understanding is that when they are compromised or othered, it impacts student success. Okay, Lucas, you want to just kind of? Sure. Okay. So we presented this, um, these are slides. We're going to pass out, we make uh, physical copies to have at the table um, that we'll put out on the table for all of you. So just to set context for everybody in the room, if you watched the meetings or you saw the um, information we put online, basically uh, in the audit, they identified some strengths, some findings and recommendations. And then if I move, I'll come back to this, but I want to move to the next slide to show you the back side of that paper has the progress to date future actions that we are considering. What we want to point out is, like I said earlier, there are findings, but we need to dig deep. So we're going to survey our students. That's their experience and our students, right? That's really what we want to kind of make sense of. Talk to our staff, talk to our community. This is one of our engagement opportunities among others. But ultimately, we're trying to make sense of that audit was a snapshot of time in the spring. Um, based on a population of people who participated, but we know that that doesn't uh, create, that's not how we want to base a plan of, of how we want to move forward. And um, what we wanted to do today is your record tables, you have this information. Because you have a printout, I can move forward in the slides. We want to do um, a think pair share on this and create some opportunities for sharing out and giving us some feedback and input along the way, okay? So basically, what we wanted to do, I will go back to that slide and talk through the information on it, but just so you know what's expected after, what we want to do is go through that information again. We then want you to think, individually reflect, the sticky notes at your table, okay? Start to think about the ideas, the input, the feedback you have around some of these ideas. Write them down. Share your reactions, questions, concerns regarding the findings, the recommendations. On the back side, there's other information. And then what we wanted to do was ask you for feedback and what should we be considering as we move forward, right, and think about uh, this work. And the third thing is, you know, as we think about putting things in practice in the future, operationalizing, what are some ideas that have come to light that you want to talk about? I've heard some people share in the room around authenticity. We've talked about um, doing this in a real way. Um, and I, I would think to, to your comment around having a definition posted online around inclusion, but that, that um, feeling of how this works in, in practice. Then what we'll do is, if you, once you do the sticky notes, you've kind of thought on your own individually, independently. We then wanted you to take them and put them up on the chart paper that's on the walls, based on your table number. Just write and throw them up there. Once the tables are done, um, completing it, what we'll do is bring the chart paper right to your own table and start to look at what the ideas are, what patterns emerge, what themes emerge, and start to move them around. What are some things that were common? What are some things that weren't common? 
Um, what are, uh, maybe there's a list of considerations, and maybe those get grouped together. Maybe there's some ideas, recommendations, feedback, input. Start to put them in a place where they make sense, and then talk at your table. Start to summarize takeaways and considerations, and then we're gonna allow each table to share out what was on their um, chart paper and where, what ideas emerged, so that we can then take this information back and use this as part of the work that we move forward and consider. Is everyone clear on the task or on the think part? Posting it up, pairing it, and then later after that sharing out? Okay, so we're clear on the task. Right, I'll go. So we should take about maybe maybe uh, three to five minutes to do the individual yeah. and yeah. If, if, if time permits, can, can you go through the seven bullets of the findings and add more? I'm doing that right now. Yep, I'm going to go back for a minute. Okay. okay. So just so we're, I'll, I'll talk through this. So um, the, the night that we did this for school committee, the company had shared out this, some of this information and then we also helped. So basically, they talked about our strengths around um, some of the things that we have in place um, around wanting the need and the desire to be a district that truly looks at equity and, and, and lives it and it's known and felt and belonging is felt among all of our, all of our family, students, community. The second piece talked about some of the things we have in place. We have a, a peer leader program that looks at, uh, it's called the World of Difference. And we have um, a, a Saga Gender Awareness Club. There's other clubs that look at a variety of different um, topics and perspectives. And then a focus on supporting uh, student wellness and self-expression across the district was something that came, that um, was, was heard and, and noted. Um, an opportunity to create voice um, this would be one, but um, efforts to try to move this forward. There was a D there is a DEI committee um, within our school, and then an opportunity to be a part of uh, the landscape. The findings, bullying um, is per uh, perceived as a pervasive problem. Lack of action on bullying and discrimination and incidents that occurred. Um, a perceived lack of support for LGBTQ students, and then looking at preferential treatment for different groups. Um, they had identified uh, athletes and um, institutional barriers for family engagement and trying to make sure that we're uh, allowing all families to access, um, their, be a part of the student's education. So um, those were those pieces. Recommendation, communicate, engage families, create um, opportunities um, for training, education, uh, bringing people together were some of the recommendations. Progress to date, um, we've started to look at uh, gender neutral language practices across our policies and whatnot. We have uh, created an advisory program at our high school. We had one before, but we've reinstated to create opportunities um, to look at advisory. And we have a program, it's a curriculum-based program, Second Step, you can Google it and check it out. But it hits on the ideas of respect, belonging, um, trying to hit on um, bullying, prevention, harassment, all those things, and it kind of walks through so that we can assure that all students are getting consistent uh, messaging around some of those ideas. Um, we've created some in internal newsletters for our leadership and uh, looking at a diversity calendar and then creating listening sessions like this today. Future actions, an updated uh, web page for the DEI work to try to have uh, information for people to point to, to look at what's going on. Um, the coffees, um, a living library um, that was brought up at the school committee. Um, that's something that we're looking to, 
to uh, look into and plan, and then ultimately developing some toolkits and for, for educators around um, equity and what that means and how they can access that information. And then I would uh, like to point to the back to school community welcome services. I talked about this the first day of school around, uh, we have a variety of people who walk through our doors and register for school. The one thing that we are really careful and clear about is making sure that they're a resident of Franklin. That's my, my big thing. You have to make sure that you live here and you have a house or you're renting and that's, that's a big piece. But once you're a part of our community, if we're truly trying to be inclusive and you've, you've shown and demonstrated that you live here, now we have not only a um, responsibility to educate you, but I think there's a, a commitment to educate. So how can we create uh, a space for that to be a welcoming environment when you start and you've, you've shown that you're a part. That's your first, your first time entering Franklin and uh, how can we kind of examine that to make sure that we have all the tools to our disposal to make sure people have what they need uh, when they're registering. It's, it can be a lot, as you all know, and I know as a parent, you can sign up for a bus, you can figure out if you need a, a form for lunches, you have to figure out the schedule, which school do I go to? So we're looking at how can we create, for everybody, this isn't just this is for everybody. How do we create a, a real streamlined process for that so that it's your first uh, entrance into our schools? Um, and then workshops, clubs and activities, um, and then um, restorative practices to support. When we have a bias incident, bias-based incident occur, are we, how are we balancing accountability with support and education and intervention around that work? That's a big one, but those are the, um, those are the pieces. So. Any questions so far on what I've mentioned? I just have a yes. quick question. So the notes that we're doing are in regard to this overall or just like specific, like future actions? I would, I would open it to all. I think uh, if you have feedback on any component of this, um, it's double-sided, but I think if you have feedback around anything, strengths, findings, recommendations, I think I didn't put future actions, but that doesn't mean that you can't add it yet. Yep, so reactions, findings, to, to the findings, the recommendations, uh, any any component. And uh, I, I think I would say that it's open to all. Okay? The, the methods that went into the findings, where can we get the raw data for that? So um, how many people were interviewed? So how, how were the findings established? Where, where do we see all that? On the DEI website, you'll see the uh, full log that we see from the company posted online. Um, it shows through the, the, who they interviewed, uh, the number of people, which focus groups they use, and how they, how they came to these conclusions. So. Do we have any, like, any details involving which, which findings were more pervasive than others? No, I think that's the work that we're doing now because I think one, one thing I'll mention is we're doing a, a student survey to get a sense of these are findings from the company that conducted the audit in spring. And now I think we need to dig deeper and figure out what what are we as a community, how do we make sense of that now? So I think our job now is to engage our kids and say if this, if this is what came up as, uh, well, they're at your table right now, but if these are what came up as findings, we need to drill a little deeper and get a sense of um, how prevalent, what's happening, not how these experiences kids have, and, um, and continue to engage our community. So it wasn't uh, granular, which is why 
I wouldn't base a plan on an audit. I think of a pie, and an audit's a piece of a pie. Community in forums like this are another piece. Uh, uh, engaging our students through surveys and focus groups of our own are going to be another piece. Um, engaging our staff. So I think about this as like a holistic view of what do we need to do to see where are the areas that we can focus on. One thing I, I mentioned the Welcome Center as like I don't need to survey a lot of people to know because I'm heavily involved with when people walk through the door to register for their kids. We can we can create some systems that make that a little easier for everybody. Right? That's an example. So um, last question. How many administrators, parents, and students were, were interviewed and surveyed? Twelve. I don't, I don't know the information. It's all you. It's all you. It's all you. It's all you. It's all It's all you. 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 It's all Then there were 11 emails um, between, I, I guess, just community feedback. So 11 total emails and then 10 focus groups. Um, and 79 participants across the 10 focus groups. Right. So I think like 102 right. total. Right. So 102 total went into that. Okay. I, I thought it was around 100 something. Yeah. So. Is that statistically valid? This is what I'll tell you. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of the pie. Right. And I don't take, I want you to hear it from me. I take that as it's a piece of pie with information and we need to now fill in the rest. And this is our uh, attempt to do this. What I don't want to do is, if, if I was, if we took that audit and made a plan that we were barreling through with, I would then say, ooh, that's dangerous because we need to get a full, a full understanding. But we're not doing that. We're creating opportunities like this, and we're going to do our own research. And if we survey 1,650 kids at the high school and we get some data that way, that to me feels more representative of maybe the high school experience or the middle school experience. So I just want to, I want to de-emphasize because what I don't want this to turn into is a debate about the validity of the audit. But these are just topics and findings that came out as a result. And I know that in talking to my colleagues in, in other districts and other communities, it's about how do we take these ideas and then just explore more and make, make meaning for ourselves as a community. Yes? Do you think that the kids are going to answer these surveys honestly? Because I don't. I think these kids are sitting and looking at surveys, and I mean, I have two kids at school, and I think they're looking at these surveys, and they're going to answer the way they think the school wants them to answer, not in an honest, honest way. I, I really, I mean, I don't, we, I don't know that to be true. I know that we have our charge should be to survey them and give them the opportunity. I don't think ACE one one tool is going to be the answer here. I don't think just surveying kids is going to be what we use to now. But we have to look at, there's only so many ways we can do this. We have to engage our kids. The survey gives an opportunity for equitable district like opportunity to share what they're feeling and thinking. And we have to use the tools to our disposal to, to move this work. Wait, can I just say something? Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But to um, address your concern, I know a lot of districts are using empathy interviews as a way to capture information. So it's not just one way of getting um, qualitative info. And you know that's a that's a, a specific tool that a lot of folks use. Um, you know that's an example. 
what do the 11 people running our buildings think some of the problems are? What are the focus groups, whether they were 30, 30, 30? What are other parents thinking? I know what my little circle thinks, but there, so it's one piece of information where I'm not either in my own echo chamber or with my own individual experience, and I don't sit with all 11 principals and talk to them about what's going on outside of the one school my kid goes to. So there are, there's information here that come from people that have some real valid perspective about what's going on with the 5,000 kids across the town and not in a small way. So I just think that it's a piece of information but they talked to those people and there are some conclusions from that. And that's how I'm kind of looking at this rather than it was only 11, it's 11 people that, that run a building with a bunch of kids in it that have some experience under their belt. So I'm just trying to think about it like that, I guess. Can I just add one thing to that? So I agree it's better than nothing, right? But it's, so it was, I believe, the seven school committee members and then five leadership. Um, so not even 11. So my thought, so in, now what I'm maybe understanding from this meeting is like, is there gonna be opportunity? So that was a tiny little, like 100 people. Um, I was part of some of the focus groups. I know that not even everybody interacted in those focus groups. So when they say 79 people, it probably wasn't even that many. Um, so is there, is what you're saying, there's more opportunity to do these kind of surveys and conversations and... Measure voice and, and voice, include parent voice. Well, just, just kind of like another one of these audits, maybe times five, or just to get more input, because, and then from that would we have different findings, different recommendations, different future actions, I, it's a good question, and I think if we were to survey kids in the spring and the survey and now, we might even see a difference, good or bad, from that moment in time as well. I think what we're saying is, is like that audit that took place, we're now trying to, uh, as a district and as a whole, try to make sense of our own, our own experience, our students' experience, and some, I, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler as well, um, they're, they're probably going to answer pretty honestly um, just because of the ability to write and get it up in a survey. That doesn't mean every kid will. Uh, as a student, I might have been maybe. I'm going to write you know, some, some pieces that I feel comfortable to share. But I think we're in this work, this is not um, meant to um, just doing a student survey or just doing an audit. What I want to reemphasize again is we're trying to get information from everybody with the context in which you bring to the table. So that audit was one context. You as a parent raising children is another context. You as a community member um, actively involved, if you're here today, you're involved, right? What's your perspective? And, and I'll go back to, we are looking to create spaces where everyone belongs, everyone. And what I would just encourage you to do is think about what's on your tables and start to write your thoughts and reactions, get that down, and then let's go through this exercise and let's see where this leads us. And I think at the end of it, we walk out of here with information, you had a chance to share your thoughts and get it down, and we're able to move forward and create other opportunities to continue to engage. I think we're gonna be better for it. And like we said, remember those meeting agreements. I don't think uh, belief system to belief system, this was not about trying to um, change people, uh, but really we're trying to hear your perspective and hear what's on your mind and as they relate to information, 
we thought using the audit pieces, we shared at school committee, but it felt like just sharing at school committee and then packing it away didn't feel appropriate either. It feels like let's continue the discussion, even if it's people disagree or it's uncomfortable, but let's work together to get more information. That's really what this is about. So why don't you take five minutes to write, and then I will give you a cue to start to get the sticky notes up, and then we'll get you back to your team, okay? And once again, we're looking to get some takeaways, some themes that emerged, and just a share out of the table. So just select somebody from your group to share, if you haven't already. And you want to go in order, so that's one that's... No, we'll just one, go one, two, two three, four. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so All right, if we could listen up, please. Folks, if we could quiet down. Thank you. Um, okay, so just go through our sticky notes? Just uh, takeaways, yeah, whatever. Uh, summarize the, the work. And okay, so... Um, I think we, we mostly had more questions than anything. Um, and, and certain, um, I guess, like, thoughts. So the first was, you know, one of the surveys recently, we don't know if it was part of, like, the WDI um, thing, but there was a lot of, I think maybe included it was a panel survey, and that might have talked about race a lot. So one question um, somebody had before I include race, uh, can you elaborate on the gender-neutral language? What does it look like now? And how it evolve, you know, in terms of grade level, things like that. Um, some of the findings are pretty vague. Um, and then kind of going off of that, like how is discrimination defined? Um, in terms of bullying, how was that, you know, perceived? Um, were they, you know, official kind of documented instances or in, you know, because that's, it, it varies. Um, the audit, this is 2% of the FPS community, um, so we need additional evaluation of more um, FPS members. Nothing speaks to race specifically on the findings. And then will there be additional surveys um, including those, um,
one area that I put out there without any concrete suggestions was being more proactive than reactive, but I don't think we got to discuss what proactive actually could be. Restorative practices, that could be for Yeah. Okay. This, there's no table three, but I don't know what table you are. Oh, five. 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 Nice. And because we were at five, we called five kind of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it just worked out that way. It was still pretty play. Um, one of the themes across the bullets was uh, process. And this clearly is the start of a process, of a continuation of a process. Um, communication is going to be key. Perspectives matter. We need to validate some data, bring up some data that's been raised, and then the intention of the direction we're going. So the five pieces, process, communication, data, intention, perspectives. appreciated the comments around communication, intention, purpose, all those things that I think um, we're all starting this uh, together and kind of at this stage. Um, there's, no, um, there's no blueprint for a community, but ultimately I'm gonna go back to the slides that we shared around we are just making, we wanna create spaces where we are aware and we're creating belonging and acceptance for all in an authentic way. And, and um, this, is, this is helpful. The, I can't answer now the idea of needing to expand and broaden. That came out in a few tables. Broaden the perspective is critical. I think we can't base it off of a small number, 111 people. We can't uh, base it off of, uh, no offense to everybody here, but just this room of people. We have to really look to how can we broaden this out and expand it and come back with more collective information and see actually defining what are the problems that are existing? And I, I would just want to hit that, just explain that, that we're continuing to move through this um, together and try to make sense. This whole year is just about trying to make meaning 
We received an audit, it was delivered, it shared information. We now have it, and at the end of the day, whether it's 111 people or not, there were perspectives that were shared, and I think there's enough there for us to say, hey, we need to look a little deeper here and figure out what's going on here, and then make sense of it on our own, and you know, make sense of some of the things that came up, and maybe those aren't as prevalent as we, we determined. Maybe some of them fall uh, less in priority, but we learn that other things are emerging. You know, I don't know. So we have to go through this together. So I appreciate the time now. I know we're running a little bit late, but um, I wanted to just do a little, just a closing video. It's two minutes, if you can stay, just to share. It's something, um, and, and Lucas, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, I just want to share. We'll have a Slido. If you want, this is really helpful. Your dialogue is really helpful. But if you want to add additional information, there's going to be a link. Oh, there it is. Or QR. It's open until the end of the day tomorrow. You can you can actually write your information in there. Okay. We'll take that, and that's also going to be included in this overall processing. And we'll put this back up for you. All right. And you it might be on the next. I don't want to. Okay. Screw up anybody's so camera. So you can either there. text it to that to that number. I'll come back to it. QR. Okay. So just to set some stage, uh, this is from um, it's from Denmark, Denmark TV. It's in English. There's some pieces that aren't, but there's subtitles. But it's um, it's really something they put together to try to unify messaging around their country. And I um, I saw this years ago when I was a high school principal um, and used it at one point along the way with, um, with staff, I believe, but it just felt like it kind of hit on some key points that as I've been thinking about this work, I think we're more similar than we are different, and that's kind of the theme, um, and the idea of, of trying to bring people together. You'd be surprised what connects you. And I felt that when I did the introductory activity, and then again, when we talked about belonging. Um, and Lucas, just yeah. to that, and for those of you that may not have shared, my interrelated friends, you can actually write in any final thoughts or anything you want us to consider on that whole wall in the back, okay? Put a smiling face, a turkey, whatever you want. Right? Thanks. It's easy to put people in boxes. There's us, and there's them. The hires, and those just getting by. Those we trust and those we try to avoid. There's the new Danes, and those who've always been here. The people from the countryside, and those who've never seen a cow. The religious, and the self-confident. There are those we share something with, and those we don't share anything with. Welcome. Det kommer til at stille jer nogle spørgsmål i dag. Nogle af dem kan godt være lidt personlige, men jeg håber, I vil svare ærligt på dem. Hvem herinde i rummet bragt klassens klog?
and all of us who love to dance. We who've been bullied. And we who've bullied others. We who are broken hearted. producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters. Matter.